Hi everybody and welcome to the Hungary Grand Prix review uh, for the Wing It F1 podcast. Um, before we get on to talking about uh, Lewis Hamilton's victory today, um, we just want to give a moment to talk about the, the, the news that's been going around the motorsport Twitter community, the social media community and motorsport journalism community um, over this weekend. Obviously there's been quite a few revelations that have come out and we just wanted to say well done to all of the brave women who have spoken out over the weekend about the sexual harassment and the disgusting actions that men in motorsport journalism and social media have taken to use their position of power uh, to harass young women is just abhorrent basically um, and to have the courage to speak to speak out about what is clearly a, a very difficult topic is incredibly brave and the fact that so many have is even better it, it started a, a, a motorsport me too movement and it's only the start but it's sort of a much much better community yeah really well said i'd echo everything you said it's disgusting that it's happened and um it's at least heartening to see the kind of support of the vast majority of the community and um, for the people who have who have spoken out and people who haven't yet but might be considering it yeah it's just been incredible like you said uh, adam with the support that's been shown over the weekend and hopefully justice can be done because this kind of thing is just it's just just not on really and hopefully it can improve and whoever if anyone has done anything like like what has been talked about over the weekend and we find out in the future and something can be done. Completely. We, we're all fans of motorsport, Formula One, Formula E, whatever. And we all come here for, for solace and we want our community to be a, a, a good place for us. And we want that for everyone. And if this, this will make it better for everyone. So well done. Just well done to all the brave people who have who've come forward. Um, so yes, yeah. So we'll move on to to the Grand Prix now. After that, after that note, and it was it promised a lot as a, as, a, as an entertainment factor. It, it failed to live up to a lot of it. We had a, a basically a virtuoso performance from Lewis Hamilton. He it was the he, he got pole this weekend in a in a blistering Mercedes. He led nearly every lap just the pit stop phases at the start that that he didn't and he set the fastest lap at the end he didn't come under any challenge really um he just everything that, that was thrown at him he nailed nigel what do you think just incredible really i think i think we said before if Hamilton sticks it on pole and he leads after the first lap he's nearly unbeatable really and what, what did he win by 20 seconds oh no he he Pitted, didn't he? But he would have, he would have been 20 nine seconds. seconds. Yeah, he, he, he probably would have been 20, 30 seconds ahead if, if he didn't pit it at the end for the fastest mm. lap. And it's just incredible to see the pace that they have. This, this Mercedes car is just one of the best cars in F1 history. It's got, it's, in terms of downforce, the engine, the way it rides the curbs, the tyres, everything about it is just the best in the whole field. So no wonder no one can get close to it, especially in qualifying, the raw pace they have. 
it's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, in qualifying, the only the only car that got within a second was Lance Stroll, who was I think nine tenths away, and we know all the conversation that's gone on about that car as well. I don't need to, don't need to go into that anymore. Um, Adam, uh, what do you think about his performance and Mercedes as a whole at the moment? I mean, there, especially Hamilton, he's pretty close to unbeatable. Um, you know, in what, you know, they've given him a car, and well, they've given both drivers a car that is um, way ahead of the rest of the field, and Hamilton's able to extract all the performance there is from it, and the team's able to, you know, do their job in terms of the race weekend perfectly as well and give him the platform to be able to to put in the best performance he can. It's just everything kind of working perfectly and harmoniously in one. And it is, you know, very impressive to see as much as it's not kind of, you know, in terms of race fans, maybe what we want, you know, to see Hamilton winning by um, 30 seconds, you know, it with the pit stops added in. But, um, you know, just in terms of, looking at it and appreciating what a feat of engineering and teamwork and driving it is, you know, it is absolutely stunning. And like Nigel said, it's one of the great F1 cars of all time. If, if, you, if you get a chance just to keep watching that Hungarian pole lap over and over again, just, it, it's a great track as it is to watch a car on the edge and at full, full pelt. And the Mercedes just looked insane around that qualifying session. They, they stayed on board for a lot of the, the pole lap for Lewis Hamilton on the live world feed. And that was one of the best decisions they could have made in the, in, as, as directors because you could just see how much he could commit to every corner, every line with full throttle. And then when he had to go off the throttle, he could get onto the throttle so hard with such steering lock. It was just brilliant. He, the car is so drivable. It's so user-friendly and it just gets better every every year for them and I mean they're unstoppable Mercedes at the moment I I echo what you said yeah they look unbeatable but one man who did come close to any any form of challenge today was quite unexpectedly Max Verstappen who if you look at the, the the charts at the end finished in second place held off Valtteri Bottas at on the last lap of the race and got driver of the day um, I, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, Verstappen was in the wall in the formation laps, so yeah, that's a pretty decent performance for him too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was very lucky to even start the race, and uh, a massive well done to his mechanics for fixing the tire rod. I think it was they had to mm-hmm. fix because I, I thought they wouldn't be be able to do it, but they did. Uh, the car stayed in touch with the whole race, and Verstappen was just exceptional once again. The start he got, he died, he threw it in down the inside in the damp conditions yeah. into turn one, got into third, and then his race pace was was just phenomenal, phenomenal really compared to Albon, his teammate. And yeah, he managed to hold off Bottas, unlike last year when he failed to hold off Hamilton. And it was just a great drive in the race from, from Max. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, he was never going to challenge Hamilton. Um, I don't think that was ever on. But yeah, you know, stunning, stunning from him, and all the uh, 
I think if that can be a team driver, of, uh, a driver of the day, then you know it'd be the Red Bull <laughs> mechanics who got it. Yeah. Sorted. Um, but yeah, you know, great job to hold off, hold off Bottas. I can't help feeling if it was Lewis in the same position, you know, he would have, he would have made the, made the pass, you know, possibly with a few like, laps to go. Last year, just like last yeah. year. Yeah. So, but you know, it's a it's a good drive. He can only beat what's ahead and behind him and you know the Mercedes is a great car as we've said but you know the the one asterisk is that at the moment Verstappen's kind of extracting all he can from the Red Bull and he's managing to be about on par with Bottas in this race at least. Yeah completely and um, the Red Bull has actually they've actually had despite the second place being their best result of the year so far they had a pretty naff weekend coming up to this. They qualified seventh with Verstappen and I think 13th with Albon. And the car just looked all over the place coming into the race. So to get second place from that and fifth place for Albon is, is going to be treated as a very, very strong race day for Rebel. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's disappointing in, in a way to see that you know the happy with second place because there was so much yeah. expectation going into this weekend mm. and i believe red bull have had to go back to the pre-season testing aero package oh. that they had because because the upgrades have just not worked much so then yeah it's definitely championship over for them unfortunately but yeah they salvaged mm. uh, a result but i think they'll be disappointed because there was so much hype and expectation about them you know in pre-season testing and coming into Austria and then coming into Hungary, but unfortunately, it looks like Mercedes are miles miles ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of the hype pre-season kind of was actually justified in terms of what they've shown. I think Ferrari last season showed a lot more in testing um, than Red Bull did this year in terms of that they'd be Mercedes challenger. I think some of it will have been you know, kind of fans looking for wanting to find a challenger to Mercedes and um, picking Red Bull. But yeah, it's, they'll be probably disappointed, you know, if you, I don't know, if you'd given them this result to them on Thursday, I don't know whether they would have taken it actually. But yeah, I think they're, they're out of the championship fight. But, you know, Verstappen still, you know, seems to be clear of anyone else um, yeah. in the I back think and able to stand up to Bottas so you know I think and especially given where they were 25 seconds before um, the uh, the formation lap you know I think they'll, mm. have, they'll be very pleased with that Yeah I was going to say I think I think for once it's not the engine that's the problem with Red Bull yes they don't quite have the engine power of Mercedes but it's simply the aero and the, and the suspension they don't have the downforce of the of the Mercedes, and we can see that in the in the middle and the last sectors of the Hungaro ring where it's very twisty. The Red Bull just it's not as drivable, it's not it's not as comfortable for the drivers really. And yeah, they've got high rake concepts, so and the rear of the car is high, it's much higher than the front, which is very different to the Mercedes. And uh, they still have Adrian Newey on board, and I'm just wondering if the high rate concept is maybe outdated in a way and, and they're not able to extract the performance from it that they're expecting. But yeah, I'm just getting a bit over-technical <laughs> now. 
No, it's great. I mean, think, you go, Adam. Um, yeah, do you think in some ways it was good for um, Albon that he didn't make it out of Q2 and was kind of able to um, push that onto the team a bit? Because if he'd, if he'd had the race, been in the race and kind of, you know, been off the pace of the top three again, that might have kind of brought out more alarm bells or, you know, kind of critics, whereas he, he fought his way up to fifth from 13th on the grid. You know, people will look at that more than kind of his outright pace compared to his teammate and, and the Mercedes. Christian Horner said on um, Sky, pretty much she was their first interview after the race, I think, one of them. And he's, he issued kind of an apology to Albon, said they went the wrong way with, their week with their strategy on Saturday and that they've gone a, a better route today. Um, and so that they, they are being, they're being Red Bull patient with him rather than Red Bull cutthroat, which is what they is normally Red Bull patients. And I think it's, I don't think it's, it, it really hid albums deficits to Verstappen but it definitely makes it definitely gives more more to the fact that it's a hard car to drive. I think mm. I don't think you can hide behind a bad car when there's another driver still performing better than you. Yeah, I think to answer your question, Adam, uh, yes, his uh, race pace was lacking to Verstappen. Yes, he made overtakes, got into fifth place. Red Bull will still see that ultimately he didn't have the pace of Max. And that deficit that they're gonna be they're gonna be thinking, is that too big for us? Do we need to to do we need to replace him? Because yes, I I, I do think his racecraft and some of the overtakes he made were very good and he's he's doing much better than Pierre Gasly did in, in that mm-hmm. in that area. So yeah, racecraft is good, but it's just race pace again that's hurting Albon. And in that Silverstone or in the next few races, when he does start sixth or fifth, we're going to see, uh, well, everyone's going to see that huge deficit that he has to Verstappen in, in the races, unfortunately, and, and it won't be hidden. Yeah, so we've um, we spoke about Albon a lot on the previous podcast, at yeah. risk of getting bogged down in the, the Albon conundrum once again. Let's move it quickly on to yeah. third place man Valtteri Bottas who we haven't really spoken about when we spoke about Mercedes um, now the big question with Valtteri Bottas at the start of the race was whether he got a jump start and yes. in some of the analysis it looked like um, he wasn't out of the box before the red lights went off but he was still moving and I think I think he did get a jump start I, I want to yeah. see what you guys think I, I definitely thought he did how he didn't get a penalty it's just crazy yeah. really like i mean that literally takes 10 seconds to look at his yes or no but mm. he didn't we didn't hear anything and he i was thought was it investigated i think it was noted but it wasn't yeah i think it was noted but it wasn't investigated by the stewards so but to me it looks like it was a clear penalty so i'm not sure what the stewards were thinking to be honest again it gave the impression that they gave, gave a bit of a um of, of a perspective that well he tried to stop it and then was sixth or seventh at the end of lap one. And that's a dangerous precedent that, for the stewards. Yeah, I think they based it... Well, the only thing I can think of is that they based it off outcome of he didn't gain an advantage from it. Um, you know, and I don't think that's 
I think you know outcome can have an element in it, but I don't think that should be kind of the the main um, factor in whether a penalty is given or mm-hmm. not. But yeah, you know, in in the end, it, I don't know what the penalties are. Is it five seconds? Drive through, I think. For, for me, through, I, 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 it, it would have been a drive through. Mm. Yeah. So that could have affected the result. It's impossible to know now, but you know that could have. Yeah, because if you got it early on. If he got it early on in the race, he would have been pushed back into the pack and then he would have mm. had to come through the field. And, and as, as we saw a little bit, Bottas struggled to get past Manchester yeah. at, at one point. He was behind Stroll for I think, yeah. six or seven laps, which is quite surprising, really, in, the, in what is the best car on the grid. And I think, as I talked about last week, that's the area where, where Bottas struggles. He struggles to make overtakes and make it happen quickly. He spends too much time traffic and he isn't brave enough so that's an area where Bottas lacks compared to Hamilton for, for example mm. Yeah I, I think I don't know I think after this weekend I'd be ready to write off his title challenge now Really? <laughs> wow I mean, Yeah, just ahead on points by what about two or three I think Yeah but he's got you know it, it didn't all come together for Lewis in the first um, race, but he kind of, you know, seems to have rectified a lot of those issues um, now, and I just don't, I don't see Bottas being able to challenge really at all. <laughs> you know, he'll pick up wins, I think, but I don't. I think for me, it's kind of his title challenge is over. I, I think if I, Bottas is going to continue to qualify a tenth the way of Lewis Hamilton around Hamilton's most successful ever track, then. You can't write him off after race three. Mm. Yeah. I think it's going to take some bad luck. And I, and I think Bottas in qualifying is very strong. In fact, he's probably one of the best qualifiers out there. He's mm. just obviously losing out to Hamilton, but his race paces were where he lacks, really. And, and when he's not leading, he struggles to come through. And we saw last year in a similar situation, Hamilton pitted onto new tyres and then caught and overtook Verstappen at the end, whereas Bottas, same yeah. situation this year. In fact, well, it was even better for Bottas because I think the car deficit between Mercedes mm. and Red Bull this year, Mercedes had a much better car than Red Bull compared to last year. Uh, and obviously Bottas wasn't able to do it. It seems to be consistently it's... switching between he'll close in a few laps to... Oh no, he's just saving his tyres. Oh, he's closing a few laps. Oh no, he won't. And then, it's like, oh, it's the last lap of the race now, and he's still not got past. Oh, and it, it was a, it was it left a lot to be desired again, like the race, really. Frankly, I just, I think it's kind of those those types of situations that yeah. are your championship moments, and I just don't, you know, like leading from pole like you know he he's done before and he can do that you know that's that's all good but you know the the championship moments of where you know there's a you can pinpoint you know a, a few laps where there's a swing of you know several points um like it was today you know i just don't think he got it in him in the same way or kind of anywhere near the same way that lewis does really that's my analysis um I think we'll probably speak a lot more about Bottas next week when we do our podcast that sort of is wrapping up the triple header when there's finally not a race on so we can actually talk about some of these talking points. There's been so much news going on and we've had to yeah. mix it up with race reports, race previews. So we're going to have a, a big 
a big get together for all of the news in 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 a week's time, and we can we can discuss championship hopes for Bottas there and really delve into it. Um, another team that's been very very discussed for the whole of this season is Racing Point, and Lance Stroll had a had a bit of a mega weekend, I think, out yeah. qualifying third, um, out qualifying his his esteemed teammate Perez, and finishing in fourth place with a very strong drive, I think. What do you guys think, Adam? Yeah, it's it's. I feel like he's been slept on a bit. Kind of when people talk about um, Racing Point, they seem to kind of massively focus on Perez. But you know, I think Strolders he's historically had decent race pace in um, not very competitive cars, um, or at least compared to the level of this year. But yeah, it was a, a great weekend for him here, and you know, he deserves it. Really, there wasn't. From what I can remember, there wasn't kind of any you know, major controversies. Um, you know, all the conversation was off his move on Ricardo last week, really. Um, so, yeah, you know, great great weekend for him. And we'll just have to see if he can carry on. Was it an off weekend for Perez? Or, you know, is it kind of, is this a more representative um, representation of where things are at um, with Stroll? But, yeah, great weekend. and adding to the midfield fight. Yeah, a little bit like Bottas, he struggled to get past one, I think it was Magnussen at one point, he just struggles with racecraft, but I think for me, Stroll has really improved with qualifying this year, because the last few years, he, he struggled to get out of Q1, and yes, he had a bad car, but he's, Perez managed to get out of Q1, he didn't, but this year, it seems that Stroll has, has really stepped it up, which is great to see, I mean, and if he can carry on like this, then he, he's fully justifying uh, his his seat because there's obviously talk about him oh we shouldn't be on the grid etc etc but yeah he was a great weekend and I hope he can carry on doing this throughout the season yeah completely I think going on from what Adam said about an off weekend for Perez he, there were some reports in the media that he has been feeling dizzy going around lots mm. of short racetracks and I think that kind of makes sense when you're not at, not in F1 race for whatever it is 10 months then you get thrown into three in three weeks around short tracks with quite high-speed corners. You're going to really feel that. And I think Perez, he was very candid about the fact that he did feel it and was feeling very dizzy in qualifying. So I think Stroll just did a better job this weekend, and that's that's it, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Perez has just been a little bit off the last two, two weekends or so. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we know he can definitely... He definitely has the pace. I, I think we can expect podiums for Racing Point at some point this season, hopefully quite yeah. a few. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Perez can improve because I think we all expect him to outperform Stroll when they're, yeah. both, on, when they're both on good form. But this weekend, he, he, he didn't manage to do that. I mean, to be fair, I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, it's been an underwhelming start to the season from Perez. But I've just checked and, he, you know, sixth place, sixth place and seventh. It's not. Well, it's pretty good. You they've know, got considering the second how, best card or second they, or third best card. Lock out, locking out the second row. Yeah. The grid, you'd expect. I mean, they I have got. I don't think there's. Control, but you'd expect a bit more, I'd say. I don't think there's that much of a margin between them and um, McLaren, and you know, I think Red Bull are a bit ahead of them. But you know, I think considering he has had potentially couple of off weekends and the steering Grand Prix looked very good but obviously 
started from um, the back of the grid pretty much and was pretty, he was on for fourth, you know, it was, he'd had a good race and kind of looked like he could get fourth, which would change the conversation a bit. But I think, you know, that haul, he's sixth in the championship, you know, it's not, I don't think it's been, you know, kind of maybe, we're maybe over egging it a bit, I'd say. Mm. Um, for, just for me, I, I am expecting more because they look yeah, I'd agree. Like, this weekend they, they look like the second they looks like they had the second fastest car in the dry. Mm. Yes, Verstappen managed to do have an incredible incredible performance in the race. But yeah, that's the reason why I was expecting more really. Perez just was fighting with the Ferraris and uh the Renaults when when for me he should have been up further ahead with, with the car he's got. He should have been controlled in the midfield rather than getting swallowed up by it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I so think, too. I think, I think the strategy, though, because everyone pitted quite early, I'm not sure, did he have a slow stop maybe or something? Because we saw Vettel, he, he, he had a slow stop, which hurt his race. So, yeah, and obviously Hungary is a tough, tough track to overtake on. So Perez, I think he got stuck in traffic, which hampered him. So... Yeah, but for me, I, I just want to see. I want to see Racing Point get podiums because they've because in the first race they they had a big chance, and they they will get chances later on in this year. And another team that sort of had promised a lot for this race based on their previous form this year is McLaren, and yet they they also failed to impress. Really, I think it was P ten for Carlos Sainz with a. Pretty decent move on an ailing Charles Leclerc at the end of the race. And it was a P13 for Lando Norris, who, after after a podium in a, a fifth place for Norris in the past race and fastest lap for Science in the previous race, do you think this is a sort of a, a crashing back down to worth situation for, for McLaren? Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult. All, all we're basing off is up till this weekend with one track. So if you if you went off, you know, last year's Austrian Grand Prix, you'd say, oh, Mercedes are out of it completely. And, you know, you kind of, it, it's quite a small sample size that we were taking stuff from. So, That's yeah, true. I think it's not, they just, you know, I think this track just didn't suit them really um, in terms of how they, where they've ended up. It's been not a great start for science. I know he did get fastest lap, but he's... Um, Got a fifth, ninth, and tenth. Um, so yeah, I think you know it wasn't wasn't a great weekend from start to finish. They didn't really blow anyone away, but you know they're they're still they're tied with Racing Point at the moment in the constructors, and Silverstone's you know closer to um, the Red Bull Ring than the Hungara Ring. So you know there's hmm. hopefully do a bit better there for them. Um, but yeah, it kind of looked. And last season they went better at the Hungar Ring as well. So yeah, it was just an off weekend for though for McLaren, and I guess they'll just move on and try to forget about it. Mm-hmm. I think McLaren have got a good car because the drivers seem to be handling it well. The way it's going through the turns, it, it, it's it's like the Mercedes really. It looks like it's on rails. Obviously, it's not going as fast for them or fast as they want, but it looks like they've got good. Uh, a good suspension, a good chassis, so then that sh- should stand them 
in good stead for the rest of the season. I think in, in Austria or the last two races before this weekend, sort they maximised results really, so they couldn't have done much better. Whereas this weekend, it's kind of brought them back down to earth. And yeah, this is going to be such a tight fight in in the in the midfield, and, and McLaren need to make sure that they maximise results when they can, and hopefully they won't have too many weekends like like today. Yeah, and from one old great team to another, Ferrari, they had a decent qualifying, um, fifth and sixth, which is um, actually pretty good for where people think that car is. Just the third best team on the day, on Saturday. Um, Vettel finished sixth, Leclerc finished 11th. It seemed to be sort of strategy which prevented them from getting any higher and a mistake from Vettel at the end to let Albon buy. Um, but other than that, I don't think the drivers could have done anything to get really any higher. Yeah. Vettel lost 10 seconds in his first stop, which put him back into traffic. If he didn't have, if the pit stop wasn't that long, he, he would have been up ahead and he probably would have got fifth, maybe even fourth. And for Leclerc, for some reason, Ferrari put him on the soft tyres, thinking that the, that they would be faster with that strategy. It turned out not to be, so then he had to pit quite early again for hards and that kind of ruined his race really and he was always have, having to defend from drivers who had fresher, fresher tyres so yeah I think Ferrari made some mistakes with the strategy today but sure. the drivers could, couldn't have done much more Adam anything to add? Um, yeah I mean I think they it looked like they went they went with Leclerc on the softs because they expected rain to be coming. Mm. There was kind of rain in, imminent, but it was imminent for the whole race and didn't really turn up. So I think that was it. Mm. He he really struggled on them, couldn't get them going. But it was a good performance for Vettel to come sixth, kind of in ahead of the racing point and ahead of you know a few other kind of midfield um, teams, which is where we think they're at. You know, Renault and McLaren. Um, you know, it's a good result for him, and like you say, he could have could have very easily been sick had not lost it at the end. So yeah, I think um, it's not positive in terms of where the car seems to be at, but I think a positive result um, for Vettel and you know, sixth place, pretty good, pretty good for Ferrari. Seems to be a bit more drivable now. The car, these mm. um, upgrades seem to sort of they brought in in uh, the second Austrian race. We didn't really see. So much of them, but they seem to have made the car a bit more, a bit more drivable compared to the the snappy, aggressive dog of a car from the first race of the year. We saw two corners off them in Austria, and then <laughs> yes. and then that was it. Um, but going back to Silverstone, which is a bit more of a power heavy yeah. track, then you know they I think that's where we'll see whether they've actually made any improvements since since Austria. Yeah, I was just going to say exactly the same thing. We'll talk about it next time, I'm sure, how Ferrari will get on at these high-speed tracks because Hungary, really, looking at the calendar so far, it's by far the most high downforce track. So then it's un- unrepresentative of what we're, of what's going to happen for the rest of the season with so many high-speed tracks coming up. Spain, Silverstone, Spa, Monza. Yeah. yeah. Um, one team that did actually put on a bit of a show today was the Haas team and with the wet the wet race start um, when they start so it was a bit of a a bit of a roller coaster on tyres for Haas they started the formation lap with Grosjean on intermediates I think Magnussen on full wets 
um, which looking back was just completely bizarre. And then at the end, trying to catch the whole field out. (laughs) Oh, there's more rain coming. Oh, yes, it's not there yet. It's still not there. And um, did it never came at all? Never came. I mean, it'll probably be come tomorrow. And (laughs) then at the end of the formation, yeah, at the end of the formation lap, they're both pitted for slicks. And I don't know. At first, when I saw the spray going down into turn one, coming, and you couldn't see beyond sixth place, really. I thought, oh, mm, well, bold, bold, um, probably a bit too early. And, you know, you could see them going around and they weren't making much progress. And then everyone else started pitting and how suddenly a third and fourth. And straight away, Sky Sports went and spoke to Gunter Steiner because you would. And, and, you know, they put on a pretty good showing. They made a strategy gamble um, and Magnussen finished in the points. So I think all round... They, they maximised what they could do with a slightly more, slightly more uh, unpredictable start to the race. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a brave decision to go onto slicks at the end of the formation. That boy, it definitely paid off. And, and Magnussen, I thought, had a great race. He really maximised mm. everything there, and and it's it's great to see. It'd be good. It would be interesting to see what he could do in a better car, really. But yeah, points on the board. Will we get more this season? Maybe not. So this this could be the only points that has to get this year. Hopefully not. Obviously for them. But yeah, it was a great strategy. I was I was surprised that more drivers didn't start on slicks actually because the track wasn't that wet. But that that's just me. I, mean, I think Alpha yeah, Tauri didn't allow uh, Kvyat to do that. I think they. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean the the only. Way, I think Haas aren't going to get many points finishes on pace, so they, you know, yeah. it's going to be those kind of races where they take a gamble and it pays off. But you know, fair, fair play to them for that. And Magnussen has actually, he looks like he's got the beating of Grosjean quite convincingly. I mm. thought, you know, he has looked quite mm. good to start the season on. So, yeah, I think it, it's been, he's been doing well and, um, you know, kind of got the dividends of that this weekend. Um, but yeah, it was a very bizarre start, but they'll be very happy to get some points on the board. And um, yeah, you know, I don't think that's representative of where they are in terms of pace. But they did kind of hold off because it looked, when Magnussen was slipping down, it looked like the Sainz Leclerc battle would be, you know, the next the next one to catch him. And, and he managed to hold off from that. Um, so, you know, it wasn't just a case of, um, you know, they took a gamble and it paid off, and then, you know, that was it. You know, he did drive very well, and yeah, so positive weekend from from Magnussen. Does anyone have any quick words on Renault they'd like to say? I think Daniel Ricciardo uh, finishing the points seems to be all they could do. I think Ocon finished fourteenth. I don't think they could really have done any more. They did push a bit of a strategy with Ricciardo to try and bring him on with faster tyres at the end. I think mm. eighth place. Is sort of the best they could have done. Yeah, they seem yeah. to be kind of off the mid. They they don't seem to be kind of on racing points level, and yeah, they're, they're a bit set back. But you know, eighth eighth place is all right. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think Renault's going to be. I think Renault's going to be disappointed really because we've come to two very different tracks, and they haven't 
managed to be at the head of the midfield battle, which is where they want to be. That's their target this year. But it seems like they don't quite have it. Esteban Ocon as well, with his return, hasn't yeah. quite been able to be with Daniel Ricciardo. So I think he'll, he'll be disappointed, uh, really. And I think Renault, they're going to have to start asking some questions because yet again, we've all been hoping that they, that finally you know they can move up the grid and maybe nick a podium or two. But it looks like they don't have the car a car again, so it's it's a big shame really. And hopefully, we can see some improvement. But it's looking a bit doubtful now, I guess. Yeah, I mean we can do a deep dive into this a bit more next week on Renault, but. They've got Ocon's kind of the face with Ricardo leaving. Ocon's going to be the face yeah. of them, you know, or or is meant to be the face of them moving forward. And he could have been in a Mercedes um, mm. this season, you know, if Bottas has a poorer um, start to last season, or you know, some some of the things fall a different way. He could be in the Mercedes, but yeah, it, it's just not. It was pretty hyped his return to F1, considering how he'd done against Perez, and he's just not not kind of shown shown himself to be on that level um, on that level really so disappointing for him we'll just have to see how it goes moving forward uh, yeah so um, Alpha Tauri had a not the best weekend I'd say um, Pierre Gasly had probably the weekend from hell with basically technical issues in every session and then retire, retiring from the race with technical issues um there's not really much to say to, to that otherwise very ready for a week off i'd say um daniel kvyat he asked to come in for slicks at, at the end of the formation lap and didn't i think that's the biggest missed opportunity for points yeah. from any team of this race what do you guys think yeah. uh, nigel yeah, definitely a massive opportunity missed there with uh, with Danny Kafia and well, all the midfield team. Well, Williams, Alpha, Alpha Tower, they, they all missed the chance to get some points on the board. Really, uh, yeah, Gasly. It's not good for Honda, is it? If they're still suffering these kind of issues, because it's been what five five years since they came into the sport, yeah. six years, and to suffer problems in every single session that that doesn't look good and I think we can expect some well some big big issues for Red Bull maybe in, in the future hopefully not and hopefully Honda can get on top of them but Gasly was really un, un, unlucky and, and he did quite well though because he, he got into Q3 yeah I think. yeah he got into so Q3 he, then couldn't run yeah so, about, so he had, he had to, good pace I was about to say that he did get into Q three in ahead of Ricardo, Russell, Albon, you know, there's good yeah. drivers in yeah. there. So, you know, he's, he was showing good pace and he was fast and, you know, I think, and he was in the top 10 in Q1 as well. Um, so, you know, he did, he did have the, the pace and, you know, I think he is, and he's kind of in, in that midfield. I think Alpha are just behind the kind of Renault, McLaren, Racing Point, Ferrari group, but Gasly and, Alpha Tari do seem to be, you know, able to kind of still mix it in with that, um, you know, in terms of driver pace and kind of team mm. management. So, you know, that's a good sign. But yeah, in terms of the race, it was nothing to write home about, really. Um, you know, I guess they'll, they'll move on to um, Silverstone and see how they go there. 
Williams qualifying was something to write home about, though. They got both cars in the... Thank you. They got both cars into Q2 with uh, Russell in 12th, uh, I think just under two-tenths off Q3, and Latifi then ending up 15th. But that's, you know, that's their best qualifying since 2018. And a step forward for the team, you'd hope. And it all looked up at the start for Latifi running 10th, which is brilliant. Um, but then it seemed to unravel. Latifi got an unsafe release in the pit stops and he just didn't, he just trusted the team and then basically came sideways into Carlos Sainz, got a puncture and spun at the first corner and then got kudos in for completing the race. But it became a bit of a, a race that sort of was one to finish rather than to compete in for Latifi after that. He could have been saved by a safety car early on, but there wasn't one. So a few spins later on, he finished quite a few laps down with Russell, the only car ahead, also far behind. Yeah, it's not from from Williams. It's like, it's to be celebrated that they're getting into Q2 and, you know, Russell does seem to have good pace and, and all of that, but they're still kind of not looking near getting any points. So far, you know, they're not, they're not on it in the race and they kind of, they don't seem to be able to make, kind of extract the maximum from each race. Um, so, yeah, it's a step forward, but, you know, there is, I think it, there's still a lot to be desired from, from their kind of, you know, overall weekend performance. It's very encouraging to see that Williams do have good uh, pace in, in qualifying, but Again, just the race pace isn't quite there, but the fact that they both have got into Q2 is a is, is a good, very good step, considering that uh, they might the team might be sold. I don't think it has been sold yet, but it might be, and the, the sponsor losses and what they've been through over, over the last two or three years. So that that's good to see. It looks like they're just not they haven't quite understanded the car, the the tires. These these Pirelli tires are so fickle, really, and they're so hard to understand and it looks like Williams still haven't managed to get on top of that I think they had those those kind of issues last year and that still seems to be the, the be the problem for them but I, I think there's good signs coming from, from from Williams I mean they've qualified 12th, 13th and 15th over the last two races but they've finished you know they, they're always finishing kind of last and second last pretty much um, so it's kind of yeah Yin and Yang signs off that. Yeah, another team who are in a bit of a sore situation is Alfa Romeo. Seem to be the only teams that seem to be fighting normally Haas and Williams and didn't take the gamble and were sort of stuck at the back. Um, Kimi Raikkonen, for the first time in his near 20-year Formula 1 career, qualified 20th, plum last. And I think that says all we need to know about Alfa Romeo. Um, didn't really see them on TV. Uh, um, it just kind of I mean, happened. He got, got a five-second time penalty, didn't he, for not starting in his box or something? I think. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, the Haas drivers running away from the grid that's what, probably that's confused right. him a bit, which is yeah. makes sense a bit. Uh, it confused me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say for Alpha really. They're, they're similar to Haas, I guess. They're both in the same boat of mm. just not. Well, the Ferrari engine doesn't help for a start. 20, no. 20 uh, kilometres per hour down in the speed traps. Uh, but 
yeah, they just don't quite have the pace. Yeah, safe like race in Austria, I think, a bit in terms of points for the season. Yeah. They're in the same boat of Haas in terms of, you know, where, where they are, like you said, kind of in the Class C battle with Ferrari engines. But there's just no talking points, really. Well, I guess there's mm. kind of a driving market one. But, you know, compared to Haas, where, you know, there is a conversation about them after most races, and whereas Alfred, you know, there's just nothing. <laughs> There's just nothing to kind of say, really. But there yeah, isn't really. Yeah, good, good points finishing um, Austria, but after that, not great. They seem to be in this situation a couple of years ago and sort of slipping into the into the backmarker team. And they did pick themselves up and brush themselves off and prove that they are an outfit who can be reckoned with. And I think they're still there as an outfit who can be reckoned with. I think they've got to be careful, though, they don't slip back into a backmarker role because they are currently probably the slowest car on actual pace on the grid and I think it's um you think it's, it's through luck the Williams I think by luck rather than judgment they got ahead today okay I think the drivers don't kind yeah. of help in, t- in terms of you looking at the other teams they've got Williams have got Russell um Haas have got Magnussen Alpha have got Gasly, um, you know, if, if they had Leclerc in the car like they did a few years ago, I think they'd be in a p- better position for kind of mixing it, you know, mixing it a bit higher up or, you know, having battles and, yeah. you know, maybe scraping into the points a couple of times when when they can. But I, I don't think there's much to get excited about the driver lineup. And there certainly isn't kind of one that, um, you know, blows you away or seems to be in the same class as the ones I mentioned from the other teams they're fighting. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right with that, Adam. Doesn't seem like there's a driver that the, the team can re- really gel around to to galvanise themselves into that extra push. But I don't really know how much that would change the 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 quality of the car and the quality of the race because, like you say, no. Russell's there and at Williams, and it's not Russell who's built that car as the to improve no. it. Williams who've improved that car from last year. Um, but I think being able to take advantage of that, the other teams have got drivers who can kind of take advantage or get everything out of the car in a way that I don't think Giovinazzi or Kimi can at the moment. But we can talk more about that next time. Yes, let's let's plug that again. Who, um, who might be uh, who might be there next season? Yes, that's a that's a very good very good um, point to to bring up. We think Alfa Romeo is the the unspoken, unspoken so far, key team in the driver market with the Ferrari Junior program in Formula Two being so busy. There's got to be there's got to be something happening there. But we're not going to talk about that now. We're going to talk about our predictions from a couple of days ago, actually, for this Grand Prix. Oh, um, and yeah, we had no idea what we were talking about. But let's have a look. As, as usual. I think we did pretty decent. I went boring and said Hamilton, Hamilton to get pole and win, and then Leclerc to get sixth. And I got the two Hamilton predictions right. And the in my Ferrari. mind, it was a toss-up. In, in my mind, it was a toss-up between Vettel and Leclerc. Anyway, I thought it'd be a Ferrari there. It just, you know, just went for the wrong one. So oh yeah, oh yeah. Covers his tracks. Yeah, I thought it'd be Vettel as well. Um. Well, Freddie, let's, let's hear your predictions. Yeah. Bottas pole. He was a tenth off. Hamilton win. That happened. 
Sainz sixth. He he wasn't sick. Um, he was tenth. So, yeah, got one. Yeah, I said the staff would win. And I don't think I'm going to predict. I don't think I'm going to predict anyone that isn't Hamilton or Bottas to win a race this year. I'll, I'll, I've said that now. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to predict anyone other than Hamilton, to be honest. <laughs> I, think, I don't think, what, what, what I don't think we, you know? I don't think we guessed that you would predict someone else, Adam. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that from you. Um, well, Nigel did go close. He put Nigel in. Uh, sorry, he put Alvin in. Uh, <laughs> Nigel, in, no, yeah. <laughs> he put Alvin in sixth. It's close. And he was close, so yeah, you know that. But. Um, yeah. It was, I mean, a lot of it's pot luck with this midfield at the moment. I mean, look at Red Bull up and down, Ferrari side to side. <laughs> Back to front. Spinning around, you do the hokey cokey. Um, it's yes. just a bit, it's just a weird midfield at the moment, guys. I mean, we've got a dominant team at the front, and then we've got a midfield moving around like there's no tomorrow in terms of pecking order i think yeah. i mean it's, it's very exciting I mean, i'm just ignoring mercedes now i know <laughs> they're going to win and dominate but if we ignore them and if we didn't have mercedes in the championship it would be fantastic we just don't know who's going to be fastest and it and really is, is coming down to the drivers it's coming down to the strategy mm. from from the team those are the two big factors because the cars are so close between yeah. the midfield and it seems that whoever maximises will get a, a, a very good a, a good result. I'm hopeful of seeing more teams on the podium this year Yeah, because it seems Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen are kind of seem to be the top three on most weekends but all it takes is one them to have a problem and yeah. you know then you've basically got anyone out of Albon, the two rating points, um, McLaren, even Ferrari, Renault, you know, they're all kind of got the potential to be there. So I think, you know, that could be something to watch. Um, it, yeah. it, feels weird calling, it feels weird calling the midfield the, the team fighting for second in the construction. Yeah. That's where Albon really is, isn't it? So, I mean, I mean I'd, I'd say Red, I wouldn't class Red Bull as the midfield. Because of Verstappen wow. kind of ringing, I would if they're qualifying three seconds off the Mercedes. Yeah, I think I think you can't not call that midfield. Well, I think they're I think they're their own category at the moment, or at least Verstappen's his own category. But I don't think you put Verstappen on the same level as Perez or Sainz. I think you put him a cut above in the next. Well, um, for me, I, I think I think racing point is slightly better. Than Red, than Red Bull and I think we're going to see that at Silverstone and Spa because they've got the Mercedes engine and they look very strong in the high speed corners so yeah I think Racing Point like I said they're going to get podiums surely and and there will be one or two races this year where where the Mercedes mess up somehow and we could yeah. see a surprise winner like Lance Stroll winning in a race how mad would that be? <laughs> it is I, I think Racing point, yes, they've got good kind of pace in terms of, you know, when we talk about them, we say, yes, they've got good pace, but they've not kind of shown that in terms of putting it together into a really strong race. Lance Stroll's race today was incredible. Yeah, but in over the two um, Austrian rounds, they kind of, you know, weren't mixing it 
kind of as as much as they would have hoped. And yeah, yeah as I but, say, I just but only only nice. because of a wet qualifying in the Styrian yeah. race, Perez still came from sixteenth to um, mm. sixth at the line, even with front wing damage. Um, and the race before, Perez only didn't get a podium because of speeding in the pit lane. And if he if he had done, no, he was still he, off. He was still off, yeah, but he was still off. But if he if he hasn't if he wasn't overtaken by um, Norris at the end, and he probably would have put up more of a fight if he didn't have a five second penalty. I think he would have been the, he would have been fourth or third in that race. In the first Austrian race as well, with strategy, Racing Point got it wrong with Perez because Red Bull pitted Albon. If Racing Point pitted Perez and they went on to softs, Perez would have been in Albon's position. And if Perez might have been able to get past Hamilton. And then Bottas, he could have even won the race, really, in, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I, I think racing point every match for, for Red Bull this year. I think I think it's all these would have, could have at the moment that is making me. That's that's why I'm kind of thinking, you know, actually they're not they're not quite at that level because Alvin kind of could have had a race win, you know, to start off with. I think there's there's always there, there's always things Verstappen retired, you know, so there's kind of. All, all these things that you know would have, could have, whatever. But I that's think for the moment, that's I, don't, I don't think for the moment, based off what we have seen and what has happened, that I wouldn't put racing points. Yeah, but if if Verstappen was if if Verstappen was in the racing point card, do you think he would get a better or similar or worse result than than, than he's got now? I think he'd be slightly worse. Or I don't. Yeah. I don't have enough mm. faith of what I've seen to say that he'd get better. I think the racing point as a car hasn't shown much weakness apart from the wet performance that they they, they yeah. did deal with in pre-practice too um, here in Hungary. Not here, we're not here. At Hungary, at the Hungary race. Um, they did deal with that. They did a lot of running in that practice session because they want to deal with that. The only weakness there was the wet performance for them. Um, their race pace, they haven't had any qualms with that, any issues. Whereas Red Bull have had an unsteady car that was so obvious this weekend that in the dry and the wet, they were spinning around all over the place. So um, I think Racing Point have shown better over two tracks than Rebel have over two tracks. I think when, when I see Racing Point get a better result than both, or I, I know they did in Austria, but um, kind of on, on merit, I think if they can beat both Red Bulls, then I'll say yes, definitely. Yeah, but I if think it comes down to the drivers. Oh. Yeah, if, because Verstappen, for me, if you put Verstappen in the racing point, he will be similar to where he is in the Red Bull now. So that's why I think, think they're on par, because it's going to be difficult to beat Max if you're Lance or Sergio Perez. So, yeah. It's, it's, good. it's a good argument and the yeah, debate. Yeah, it's a good little debate. And yeah, to, to touch on to end then, I think we can disagree on the pecking order because I think that's how a pecking order is, is for the middle field at the moment. Yeah. It's not set. Um, but we can agree that there's one man who's already favourite for the title and that's Lewis Hamilton. Latifi. Sorry. Do you, do you think <laughs> upgrades for silver? Do you think any big news will come out over this week 
um, I guess before before we record our next one on Thursday, do you think any big news will come out? Because there's been a, there is a bit about there's driver market, the Racing Point investigation. Um, well, the Racing Point investigation, they said yesterday about ten days or so. So the coming the Tuesday Wednesday coming into the British Grand Prix week, um, we will they're aiming to have a answer on Racing Point then for the brake ducts. Um, we don't know if they're going to protest them. Renault are going to protest them for the Hungarian Grand Prix as well. That's a possibility because they've only been protested for one race. Um, and I think we'll get an answer from that in about two weeks. Coming up to the British Grand Prix, um, you can never tell with Formula One though, can you? There's always going to be something rumbling. Uh, there's always discussions. We've seen how quickly the Sebastian Vettel to Aston Martin rumours just leapt up into offers on the table stories in in the German press. So that was that basically was was a non non entity as a story a week ago. We have no idea what's going to come up. And I like it. I like that a lot. I, I do think there'll be a driver announcement in the next few days. Which is really? I guess it, it it could be kind of I don't know. It could be kind of more disappointing. Um you know in terms of well, kind of lower key. I think they're just all going to be sleeping a bit for that. Lower key one. <laughs> But I, I, I think we'll see. Without going off topic, I think Vettel has got two options, Red Bull or Racing Point. And I think he's going to wait to see what happens with Racing Point and Le Car. Then, he, then he'll decide. Right. But we'll yeah, talk about would, that next time. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we can. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all then. <laughs> um, we've got... Ow, just whack my arm on the table. <laughs> Anyone who's watching on YouTube would have saw that. <laughs> yes. So, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's let's plug the YouTube. Go and give us some views and watch me in pain. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, subscribe if you want to see Freddie <laughs> in more pain. Yeah. I think we've got anything we've else got, to say. We've said subscribe. Oh, you got, can like it if you want. Um, we've got a Twitter. Up we've got running. a Twitter. We've got a Twitter up and the running. Latest news from it's at Winking It F1, um, and we'll be adding a bit more to that kind of designing it a bit more and yeah putting all of that together and all of the news will be coming off there and then we've got our own personal switches where we'll also be posting about the podcast so mine's at, at adam dickinson 01 i'm fred coates 1999 i'm at nigel c journal and yeah we, we chat about f1 on there quite a lot and you'd expect that really um we can also you can find the audio versions of these podcasts. We've got them on Acast, who are who are our podcast provider. You've got it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. And if you want to, a more on the go experience, um, like like we've said, there is a we're going to do another podcast, sort of a sort of a roundup of some news and a sort of prediction on driver market, um, which has been you know the, the discussion has already moved on completely from Fernando Alonso's return. But we will touch on that because that is an insane announcement. We've got Sebastian Vettel's motions. We've got the Ferrari Driver Academy. We've got so much to talk about and there's so much to come back for. So I can't wait to see you guys again. Adam, thanks very much for, for, for today. Nigel, thank you as well. Um, been a brilliant conversation today. And hopefully we can keep it going. So thanks very much, guys. Yeah. Cheers, Freddie. Bye. One.